listening to Make Your Way, Season 4, Episode 1. Welcome to Make Your Way, where we explore what it means to work and create on your own terms. Along with every episode, we post show notes with links to resources mentioned in the episode and a full transcript. You can find these materials at katielinder.work slash podcasts. Hey, Katie. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I am all right. How are you? I'm good because we are back for Season 4. Four, and that's super exciting ah! to me. Four seasons. I I don't know. Sometimes I look back and I'm like, how did how have we recorded this much stuff? But we have, and it's I know. been great. I know, and it's kind of flown by. I was talking with my partner last yeah. night, and he's like, how many seasons have you done? And I was like, this is our fourth. And he was like, really? Yeah. <laughs> You've done four In seasons. a year. Yeah. yeah so crazy. I'm like, hey, good for us. Woohoo. Yeah, so throwing a party for season four. Uh, so we're talking about a lot of different things this season, but we wanted to start off this first episode uh, really talking about our 2019 goals and intentions, uh, what we have planned for the year, what we're thinking about, um, what things we have on the background, revenue goals, and things that we're thinking about for professional development. So Katie, I would love to hear from you. What's kind of your main like focus of the year or word of the year uh, for 2019? Okay, so... I love goals and intentions. I hate <laughs> having a word of the year. <laughs> um, and people who follow me, like people who follow my blog or whatever, know that like last year, and I'll probably do this again, I had vision statements and then I put goals under my vision statements and I had five vision statements. Like it's really hard for me to nail down <laughs> and like pick one thing because I feel like halfway through the year, it's like, that's not my word anymore. And then it's like, yeah. it feel, anyway. So I was thinking about this um, because I knew we were going to be talking about it. And I feel like this past year, 2018, has really felt like the year where my business got legs. Like, I feel like Mm -hmm. I I got my sea legs. I kind of figured out what was going on. I don't feel like I figured everything out by any means, but like (laughs) things seem to get kind of solidified in certain areas. I experimented a lot. I found some stuff that I love doing that I know I'm going to continue with. So I feel like kind of my focus this year is I'm launching a couple of new things, but last year felt like I launched a lot of new things. Like it felt like a very creatively productive year. I was writing a lot. I was doing new course design. You know, like there was, I, it just felt like very, um, I was producing, you know, like a lot of things and I enjoyed like every minute of it. But by the end of that period, I was really tired and I, I mm-hmm. took July off um, and people know that who follow me on my podcast. So um, I feel like this year it's like a stabilizing year. It's investing in stuff that I've already created mm-hmm. and like growing that stuff in some interesting ways. And then there'll be like a couple of new launches, but I feel like the new launches are outgrowths of stuff that already exists. They're not like completely new mm-hmm. things where people are going to be like, whoa there, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what you doing? Like it's going to be expected. And it's stuff that mm-hmm. people have been asking for. And I'll go into a little more detail about that later in the episode when we talk about like new projects and stuff. But um, so yeah, I feel like that's kind of where I'm at for 2019. Mm-hmm. And it feels good like it feels manageable it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel like I'm looking into the year going oh my god like (laughs) how am I (laughs) gonna do this yeah like I'm not sure I can pull this off like it feels like okay like this feels you know reasonable this feels stable Mm -hmm. this feels like natural growth Mm -hmm. um so that's where I'm at what do you think are you a word of the year person uh sort of kind of I like to have at least sort of a a theme or or framework or kind of general idea of of what I want um the year to look like. And, uh, you know, I, for, for people who've been listening to the show for a while, you'll know that 2018 was kind of really mean to me. Uh, and it's looking like 2019 might also not be super nice. I don't, we're not sure yet. Uh, but there keep being shoes that keep dropping when I am expecting them to drop. Uh, and also when I'm not expecting them to drop. So, um, you know, it's been, it's been a tough, go of it for a for a while and uh, despite getting a few breaks from life <laughs> intervening and being like hey now you gotta pay attention to this thing um it it does kind of continue happening that way so honestly my goal for 2019 is to get through it and be kind of more um mentally healthy and present and also uh you know kind of cope with things better than i did in 2018 and and 
uh, that means both personally and professionally. And so for professional side of things and for my business, it's really about um, figuring out when and how to make space for things that that need time and attention um, and be able to kind of continue things percolating in the background, but not have unreasonable expectations of myself and my capacity, given everything else that keeps happening in life. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's sort of, I'm trying to kind of be reasonable with myself and, and hope for just a little bit better in 2019. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, that's a, that's my goal. <laughs> I have a sense that like, maybe not 2019, but like 2020 is going to be like your Phoenix rising from the ashes year, but you got to like burn everything Gosh, to the ground so. before that can happen. <laughs> yeah, and, and maybe 19 is like the garbage fire that burns everything to the ground. And then you can kind of like rise. Been, I feel like it's been sort of a three year dumpster fire. So, you know, I, if people say things come in threes, I guess that maybe that is what that means. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I, you know, if you get, if you don't laugh, you cry. So that's kind of, it's kind of my uh, goal and mission right now is to just to laugh through it as much as possible. But um, you know, I think it's it, it's a lot of recalibrating um, recalibrating myself and my expectations, uh, kind of on a constant basis, depending on what's coming down the line. And that's often hard to predict. But uh, one of the things I've been thinking a lot about lately is how do you build your business in a way that makes space for when your life explodes? Because your life will at some point. <laughs> explode in some pretty spectacular ways Um, and making sure that you have systems set up and those sorts of things to really weather those storms um, is, is important. And is a thing that I haven't um, built to the capacity that I would like to. So I think Mm -hmm. for me, one of the other major focuses of 2019 is some of that background systems work um, to get some things rolling so that when crap hits the fan, (laughs) I have things that are scheduled and set to go and I can kind of keep things status quo for a little while uh, without completely disappearing, which is a thing that I had to do in 2018 for, um, again, legitimate reasons, but um, makes it difficult to continue to build a business in the background if you don't have those systems set up. So I can talk more about that um, as we get into the episode. But yeah, I think for me, survival... My word of 2019, mm-hmm. uh, survival and thriving a little better than the year before. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think you raised such important issues about the challenges of being a solopreneur. Oh, yeah. you, you know, you like you're running your own stuff. And that means if you can't run that stuff, like it doesn't necessarily run unless you have yep. set up those systems. And this is something I think about a lot, too. You know, like mm-hmm. it you're right. Life happens and, you know, you got to figure out what to do with that. Um, so I'm. I'm excited to learn from you this year and kind of see what this looks like for you. And I know you'll be sharing some more in future episodes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does that mean for you, Sarah, in terms of kind of maintenance of what's going on in your business? Are there growth mm-hmm. areas you're trying to explore? Or at this point, mm-hmm. you're just kind of saying, here's, here's the services and stuff I offer. I'm going to keep everything pretty much the same on an even keel mm-hmm. as I work through this other stuff that's going on in your life. Yeah, I think it, I think to me is it's sort of like the stovetop metaphor. Uh, so I have you know the things that are uh, I've got a lot of things on simmer um, and a lot of things that are like you said kind of continuing to to happen. Um, but there are some things that even though they're kind of recurring or you know areas of consulting that I I want to continue to work in. Um, I think the I I'm kind of turning up the burner on a couple of those a little bit, but not. You know, it's not that I'm bringing anything to a hard boil. I think it, because of the sort of unpredictable nature of what I've got coming down the line, it it would be, frankly, irresponsible of me to really bring something to the forefront and then not be able to deliver on that thing. So um, to get a little bit more specific, uh, you know, there are areas of my consulting work around digital engagement and um, online video that... I see some really kind of interesting opportunities in the landscape there. And I I do want to continue to focus on that area of my consulting. So that is an area that I, I want to be more intentional about how I talk about it and, and how I talk about what I do in that, in that space. Um, because I do think I have a lot to offer, especially, um, for certain types of, of clients, uh, smaller nonprofit organizations and those sorts of things who are a little bit new to the area of online video and a little bit unsure about how do we, um, work with online communities and in online spaces. So I think there's some opportunities for me there to continue to grow. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, 
But again, it's not like I'm saying, okay, I'm going to do all of this kind of consulting and nothing else. Um, so it, it's kind of bringing it up, uh, you know, up to my attention a little bit more and, and kind of turning up the heat on it a little bit, but uh, not really bringing it to a full on boil. Um, the other thing is the the Honestly series that I, I launched. Um, it's sort of in the fall of 2018. Um, still kind of in the early stages of that and figuring out what that is going to look like long term. But um, one of the things that 2018 and it seems like 2019 are going to give me is lots of experiences to talk about. So, you know, it's at least a lot of fodder uh, for, for future creative projects in that way. And so if nothing else, if I'm not producing a lot of things, I'm at least going into 2019 with this idea of, of learning and of um, taking these experiences and things that are happening and kind of putting them, you know, listing them, um, gathering these ideas for things to talk about at a later date when I'm more able to, uh, in some cases, or when I, when I feel like the time is right uh, to really di- dive into some of those topics. But it's giving me a lot of fodder in that, in that regard, which is kind of encouraging as well. Um, so those are, those are, I would say the two big things that are sort of, I want to continue to work on and, and, um, move along in, in the business. There are other aspects of my business, like speaking and like my, uh, online, the resilience toolkit, which we talked all about in season three. So if you're interested in hearing about how to build some online stuff, go, (laughs) go back and listen to season three. Um, but so there are those kinds of things that I'm I'm shifting a little bit. So I would I would call those kind of more new growth or, or new adjustments um, to to things that I want to do related to those those pieces. So I'll wait on those. I'll pause on those because I want to hear from you, Katie, on um, what are some of the recur- reoccurring things that you're kind of keeping simmering in the background or that you're tweaking a little bit but are um, you know continuing to keep going uh, in 2019. Mm-hmm. And I want to mention too because I think this is the first time you've mentioned honestly on the show. Um, Mm -hmm. that you have blogged about it and we will link to that post in the show notes if people are interested in hearing a little bit more about that project and maybe you can expand on it a little bit in the new section Mm -hmm. when we talk about new projects because I think that is something new for you. Thank you for helping me promo my stuff, Katie. I'm yeah, really yeah. No, I, I'm super interested in seeing what comes out of it. So, you know, this is... I am too. Yeah, but it's something you and yeah. I have been talking about in the background, which is probably why you think all of our listeners know about it, but um, right. they may yes. not. So we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, so I would say for my maintenance areas... Um, some of them feel kind of new, so it doesn't feel like maintenance, but I feel like I've set a pretty strong foundation with things like the coaching that I've been doing, um, and especially the one-on-one coaching, uh, and I launched the writing groups. Those are definitely going to continue. Um, my speaking is something that I'm definitely going to be pivoting a bit, a bit with this year. Um, I'm still trying to figure out what that's going to look like, but I want to spend, that's definitely one of my intentions this year is to kind of pivot some of my topics and to really shift like the things that I'm focusing on for some of that. Um, I have added website design back into my service offerings, um, which was not expected. I totally thought that was like (laughs) off my plate, but then I had some time away from it and really missed it and thought it was like such a fun thing to do and something I really like working with clients around. And at one point it was something that felt very stressful to me this year because I just had so much going on. And so I, it's, it's something that I can kind of, I think, take on and off my service offerings relatively easily because if I have room on my plate, I can take on a website client. If I don't, you know, I can maybe send them somewhere else. But the challenge is like, there aren't a lot of people who do this work for academics I've found. Mm -hmm. And so I do struggle to like refer to other people that I trust and know doing this work. So anyway, so that's something that's kind of coming back. And then also just maintenance mode is is courses. Like I have a passive income stream through several um, courses that I've created over the past couple of years, and those continue to do pretty well. So um, that's useful to kind of keep that. And some of those courses, I'm actually actively adding in new content every month and then emailing, you know, the, the folks in the course to let them know. Um, so that's also kind of a maintenance thing just to keep the content fresh, to let people know, like, I'm still interested in, in what that content looks like. So those are the areas I think that are pretty, um, stable. I'm looking over at my list to see if there's anything else that I haven't been thinking about. Um, I, I, one other kind of passive quote unquote passive form of income is just book royalties. Um, I have two books coming out this year and, um, 
another one in 19. So that's potentially going to increase my book royalties. So we'll see what that looks like as a revenue stream as well. I feel like that's book royalties is one of those things that I forget about and is sort of just icing, right? Because it's usually not a huge chunk of money. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like this year, just to give people a little bit of context, my book royalties were about 2.5% of my overall business revenue. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So you don't go into writing to to make lots of money Well, and I I think that's not the point. (laughs) Yeah. This is definitely where speaking comes in. And I think we've talked about this in the past that, you know, you leverage the books to engage in speaking and... Um, so, I mean, and that's partly also why I'm thinking about the, the pivot with my speaking is because I have been speaking around topics related to my second book and now I have a third book coming out and I've also been doing this work around radical self-trust, which I think is kind of ripe for mm-hmm. potential speaking, um, opportunities mm-hmm. too. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of pivoting away from some of those topics from book two, which came out now almost three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, and I think that that's just like a natural transition, that you make as a speaker at some point you just need to have fresh material and i've been kind of slowly infusing some of that fresh material but it also means at some point retiring stuff that you have done even if it's like a signature talk you know mm-hmm. but if you're not really doing that anymore um at some point you have to shift that so mm-hmm. i'm going to be working on that this year and kind of thinking carefully about what i want it to look like mm-hmm. yeah i would echo that that i'm also in that that process of thinking about speaking and what does it mean for my business and what you know what things do i actually want to be speaking about and what things do i want to pivot away from uh not because i don't think they're not valuable or that they're not important but um in some ways because my my everyday work has shifted away from some of the topics that i speak about um you know i feel a little more uh, not really out of my depth but a little a, a little less polished and a little less uh sort of in that world than i would maybe like to be um if i'm going to be speaking on on those topics consistently so it's it's a matter of you know having your speaking reflect the work that you're doing or the things that you're thinking about or the things you're producing on a more regular basis because otherwise you know it, otherwise it feels like a disconnect at least to me um i'm curious yeah. Katie, do you feel that way too Well, I mean, the thing, yes, and the thing that I've also been thinking about that you're making, that you're kind of bringing to my mind is I am not, I really like working with groups. I really like going to their campuses and engaging with them, but I'm really starting to feel the pull to doing more workshops versus Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. keynotes. Mm -hmm. And lecturing, lecture style speaking has never been a strength of mine. All of my Mm -hmm. keynotes are interactive. Like I don't really know how to do them another way. The workshop stuff, though, feels just so comfortable to me, and Mm. I feel like it's so practical, and people walk away with things that they're applying directly into their lives that is useful for them. So that's kind of the thing that I'm I'm starting to question is, like, Mm -hmm. do I really want to bill myself as a keynoter still? Right. Versus, like, because whenever I go in and do a keynote, like, 90% Mm -hmm. of the time, I'm running a day of workshops in addition to doing the keynote. Like, they have me come in, and then I do, like, a workshop, which is the stuff that I really am starting to Mm -hmm. be leaning towards. So I feel like it could mean losing some speaking because Mm -hmm. sometimes people are just looking for a keynoter, um, and then you happen to do whatever, you know, on the side. Mm -hmm. But some campuses now are bringing me in just to do workshops and to do private coaching while I'm there. And that's the kind of stuff that I think is really feeding me more than Mm -hmm. the the large group keynotes where I'm just kind of sharing information. Mm -hmm. So that's another question I'm asking myself this year is like, to what degree do I want to just say, like, I do workshops and that's, you know, right, where I feel like my strength is and and where my information that I provide is the most actionable Mm -hmm. um, versus keynotes, which Well, the other thing I guess I should say is I go to a lot of conferences for my Mm. day job and I've seen a lot of really not great keynotes, you know, like (laughs) it's it's a a hard, it's a hard thing. And I don't say that as in a judgmental way. I say it in a like, it's 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 really hard hard to do it well Um, and to, to make people feel like they have actionable things that they can walk away with. Mm -hmm. And then it's not just like inspirational and empty, you know, other than the, the little inspirational, whatever. Um, so I, that's also just really had me thinking about this. I mean, this may be mm-hmm. a whole other episode that we yeah. need to talk about because obviously there's stuff to say. But um, so anyway, um, that's kind of yeah. what I'm thinking about. But I would like to circle back around to this idea of new projects. I It mm-hmm. sounds like you're simmering on a lot, but you have, mm-hmm. honestly. So let's talk yep. a little bit about that. Are you launching? I mean, is 2019 a year where you're considering launching anything? Um, at this point, 
uh, again, it's sort of the back burner approach. There, are, there, I have ideas for things that I could do, um, but they are not fully formulated yet, <laughs> nor are they uh, especially ripe for, you know, immediate production. So it's it's one of those things where if there if time and space allows, um, and if I sense that there's an energy around something, or if there is a, you know a, a timely topic or a time a, you know timely opportunity. Um, to move in one of those directions, I might mid-year decide, yep, okay, we're going to do, you know, I'm going to devote time and energy to this. Um, But at this point, those are like, (laughs) I'm thinking one of those like big giant industrial kitchens. (laughs) They're like four burners over. (laughs) They're hiding in the back. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, it's not that I don't have ideas for things. It's, It's more about um, thinking strategically about the time and, and space I do have for, for business related things this year and where I want to devote that time. Um, so the big thing that, uh, I started at the, at, here at the end of 2018, um, you know, not, not too long ago as, as we're recording this, um, is this series I'm calling honestly. And, uh, honestly, it's <laughs> a bit of an adventure. Um, basically I, I want to kind of create some spaces, um, to talk about some of the challenges of balancing personal and professional things, especially when life gets hard and throws you curveballs. So, um, you know, I've had a series of, of kind of hiccups and difficult things happen in the last, uh, you know, 18 months or so that have kind of put me through the ringer and taught me a lot about myself and about how I need to kind of operate in the world and have taught me things about grief and loss and also like how to's of navigating hospice care and, you know, some very practical things too. And, um, one of the main goals of the series is to be able to share some of that in some ways that other people might benefit from, uh, and find meaningful. And so it's a, it's a series that is, uh, sort of multimodal in the sense that there are videos, there are written pieces, um, there are, uh, hopefully going to be some audio, maybe sort of a podcast edition version of this. Uh, and each of those things will talk about some of the similar kinds of topics, but each, each, uh, sort of mode will have different, um, sort of a different tone too. So I'm, I'm kind of crafting and playing with some of those, those things a little bit. And, um, Katie, I did finally start an Instagram account. Yay. <laughs> Yay. So I'm dipping my toe in that water as well, uh, to maybe put some visual elements in there too. Um, so if you're on Instagram and you're interested, I'm, in a shocking turn of events, I'm at Dr. Langworthy. <laughs> Dr. Like Langworthy your Twitter is handle. We will link to this exactly. in the show notes for people who need, exactly. who need it there too. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, so it's, it's interesting to kind of explore that as a creative process and open up, um, a little bit about some of the, the stuff I've been going through, but I think it's, it's valuable for others to hear. I wouldn't have survived this stuff if I hadn't been able to turn to the art and writing and contributions and videos and creative works of others who had been through hard stuff. So, um, you know, if I can give back in, in any way that's helpful for other people, I want to do that. And so I think there are a lot of opportunities that could come out of that series. Um, you know, I'm thinking about future book, I'm thinking about um, other kinds of things that could be natural outgrowths of the series. Um, and so I do want to put a lot of my my creative energy into growing that and into set, kind of seeing where that goes this year. Um, and a lot of that may be just a lot of solitary work of writing and scripting and, and video making and, and, you know, talking into my microphone to create content, um, even if I'm not releasing it super regularly to kind of start banking some of that and, and developing some of those those thoughts and, and topics a little bit more in depth. So uh, yeah, stay tuned. I, I think, um, you know, there will be more to, more to see there um, as the year goes on. But that's the, the sort of creative project that is is going for me. And I've still got, you know, my other consulting gigs and that sort of stuff too, that I've got planned for the year though that I've kind of already contracted. So it'll be a busy year when it's not being hard. <laughs> so, right. Well, and I, yeah. I appreciate so much kind of how you approach these things, Sarah, because I feel like you're one of the most like realistic business owners that I know. <laughs> I mean, you're like honest with yourself about like, yeah. I'm not going to be able to do everything I want to do. And it's going to not be great sometimes. But yep. you're also not like setting yourself up to fail. And I think yeah. that some people make it into kind of a denial mode where they're just like, I'm going to work 
anyway, or I'm, you know, Mm -hmm. work is going to be my escape or whatever. And like, I just appreciate that you kind of set some boundaries there and you're like, I can't do it all. I know I can't do it all. And I know I'm going to have to shift my focus to some of these other things going on in my private life. And that's okay. Like I'm making that intentional choice. I'm not going to feel guilty about it. And this stuff is going to be here when I come back because it will, it will be there when you're ready for it. (laughs) still going to be there. Well, it, it's interesting. I, I appreciate your reflection on that, Katie, because it, it often doesn't feel that way in the sense that it doesn't, because of the world we live in, right? It doesn't always feel like the right choice to step back. Um, and it doesn't always feel like the okay choice. And there is an amount of guilt that I always have to work through. Um, but for the most part, you know, I as much as I, I sort of wish that I could be the type A achiever that I have kind of been in my previous work lives, uh, I know that that's not the best thing for me, even if it, even if it hurts a little bit that I can't be doing those things. Like it's a weird, it's a weird combination of acceptance, but also like kind of grieving that I can't be the way I want to be in my business because of all this other stuff going on, but knowing that that's the right choice. It's a, it's a weird thing. So there, <laughs> I, I try to be honest about it. And I, you know, again, in the series, the whole point of the series being called honestly is to be honest about it and to be very upfront about some of these kinds of things. But also uh, there is guilt associated with it. There is sort of self-judgment associated with it, but the process of working through that and owning that and, um, you know, picking yourself up and kind of dusting yourself off and keep going when you can. And then the times you can't, you don't, uh, that's, that's life in some ways. Like that's, that's what it's gotta be. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how things go. I do a lot of like hand throwing up in the air. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of where shrugging, I am. <laughs> shrugging emoji. Exactly. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, so so it'll be an interesting year and we'll see how things like honestly grow. Um, but Katie, I'm really curious to hear what new things do you have? You said you've got quite a few things that you're kind of maintaining in the background, but I'm curious what new growth you're expecting for the year. Oh, Sarah, I always have new things. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's listened to this show for any length of time, I just cannot <laughs> launch new things all the time. Um, and yeah, so but I do feel like the shift this year is... I still feel like I'm actively experimenting, but I Mm -hmm. feel like I'm like experimenting with more knowledge under my belt, you know, in terms of like why I'm picking a particular direction versus just like randomly trying something and seeing if it Mm -hmm. works because it looks fun, (laughs) you know, like I have like a very, yeah, like, and and I feel like part of this is the shift has happened because I I do feel like I have a better sense of my why. um, And that has really helped me to kind of think Mm -hmm. carefully about how I want to grow stuff that's already existing into new areas. So there's Mm -hmm. kind of two main launches that I know of that are going to be happening this year. Um, One of them is some kind of group coaching around radical self-trust. I'm not Mm -hmm. entirely sure what it will look like. I've had a lot of requests for it um, of people wanting to kind of do a deeper dive. I have definitely seen my individual client base um, increase with people Mm -hmm. who want to work with me privately on these issues. And a lot of people have been coming to me, especially lately, about like helping them find their why. Like they mm. know that I've been actively working on this. Mm-hmm. They feel like I have some kind of magical understanding of it, which, um, <laughs> you know, thank you for thinking that. But I'm, nope. you know, not not necessarily, but I'm happy to help you at, from a coaching yeah. perspective to try to figure this out. Um, so I don't know, like one of the questions I've been asking myself is, do I want to do a radical self-trust um, coaching engagement, group coaching engagement, that's really around finding your why, like that's, Mm. that's very kind of focused on that. And in some ways I've been doing that through my webinar program this year, which is focused on professional identity. And we are talking a lot about professional values and aligning those professional values with your, um, goals and, you know, those kinds of things. So I'm thinking about taking some of the stuff I've been doing around that and turning it into a live, group coaching thing. I've also been thinking about maybe just doing a general thing around like, what is radical self-trust? What are the ways to cultivate it? And doing like one week on each cultivation method. Like, I mean, just doing a very general program. I might do both. Like, I don't know. So that's, I've kind of tentatively marked off my annual December writing retreat Hmm. to figure that out and to do kind of a curricular mapping of what those things would look like and potentially some writing you know, if there is written curriculum that comes with those. Um, so that's kind of what I've been thinking about with that. So that's that's area number one that I feel like is kind of new, 
but it's definitely developing and growing off of something that already exists, a taxonomy that I have been strengthening, you know, over the past six months. Um, and if folks are interested, I'll link to a new page I've recently created on my website that is just about radical self-trust for people who want to learn about it. I did also recently overhaul my website to, to focus a lot more on this concept of radical self-trust. Um, but you can always go to katielinder.work backslash RST and learn more about it. If you're, this is like the first time you're hearing about it. You don't know what I'm talking about. So that's, that's thing number one. The other new thing that I'm launching, which, you know, developed in the last couple of weeks as these things do um they, they <laughs> pop up and they just decide that they need to happen and i do them because um, <laughs> i can't help myself um is a new community i'm building which by the time this is released i think will be live um so i will link to it in the show notes i i, I think my timeline is going to match with when we're releasing this season um and that is a new community online for academic writers and this is something that I want to use to kind of augment some of my coaching and some of my writing groups. I really feel like people who come to me need a lot of accountability. That's often why they engage me as a coach or they they join a writing group. And they're also looking for some kind of community. They, mm -hmm. they want accountability and community. And so I'd really like to create a space for people who they can engage in the community outside of private coaching or writing groups, you know, if they want to, or when they're done, you know, with these this coaching and writing group um, engagements with me, they can be in this community as a way mm. to kind of stay connected with me, stay connected with other academic writers. Um, and I have so many ideas of like what <laughs> I'm going to be able to do with this community. I'm super psyched about it. I mean, last year's um, webinar series focus on writing a publication was like the most fun thing in the world for me. Like, I love talking about this stuff. I love working with academic writers. I mean, this is something that I just have always felt very drawn to and it's it's mm -hmm. never gone away. And and so this is another area where I feel like I'm really deepening my engagement with mm -hmm. another offering that is um, a little bit more community-based. And this is also going to be the first time I'm like running an online community. So that's going to be super fun mm -hmm. to try to figure out what the heck I'm doing and <laughs> how to like really engage people and, and retain them because that's kind mm -hmm. of the whole purpose. Um, but I'm so excited about it. So it, right Yay. now it's it's could change, like details could change, but it's tentatively called prolific. And mm -hmm. um, I, the other thing I want to mention too, because I just think this is kind of an interesting little tidbit. I have had the word prolific in my mind for like two years as mm. something that I was like, I don't know what this is, but I like this word. I might want to build a community around it. I looked around at like some WordPress community plugins. Like I, because the platform I'm going to be using, which is Mighty Networks, didn't exist like two years mm. ago. And so I was like mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to do this. And the technical side of it scared me. And I was like, I can't do this. I can't build a WordPress site that would like be as robust as what I want. So this was the seed that was planted like two years ago. Um, and now it's kind of finally coming to fruition, but it's coming to fruition with this other stuff that's already strong. Mm -hmm. Like I've done this webinar series. I have these writing groups. I have coaching clients. I know what their needs are. And now I'm launching into this community in a way that I feel like I know how to support the people who will yeah. join it. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to call out that the thing you said there that like it, you've you've been building this stuff in the background for a long time. And even though you didn't have a coherent idea of exactly what this would look like, the point is that every little thing that you do all the way along is teaching you something that you can use later and is growing yes. towards things that you can put together later for yeah. new products and new Absolutely. services. And that's the life of an entrepreneur. Yeah, well, <laughs> You're and, constantly and I think, building like, stuff. The really important point of that is you don't always know what you're building right. toward. And right. so another thing that I, I neglected to mention, because I'm I'm all over the place with this project. Like <laughs> I was up until like midnight last night working on it. I'm so excited about it. Um, is I'm actually building a curated content library of everything I've basically ever written or podcasted about related to mm. academic writing and publishing. And mm -hmm. people who join this community get kind of a, a walkthrough of some of that content. And and I was building it like last night. This is what was keeping mm -hmm. me up in all hours of the early morning. And there's a lot of content. Like I've been yeah. talking about this for a really right. long time. And, and again, like you don't know when you start a podcast about academic writing and publishing that you're going to eventually build a live, a resource library that's going to go to this <laughs> online community right. that you're going to build and like whatever, whatever, like it just happens and it's there. Yeah. And I have these resources. And I think that I don't know, like 
yes, I'm a strategic planner, but mm-hmm. some of this stuff you just can't plan. Like you just right. don't know until you're like, oh, that would be fun to do. Right. Maybe I can build a resource library. I mean, it's like, yeah, I, you know, I, I plan as well as I can, into. but then yeah. stuff happens and you right. create an online community out of nothing. Right. Exactly. So, <laughs> life is weird like that. <laughs> life is weird like that. It is what it is. So those are my two new projects. The, the radical awesome. self-trust, something, whatever it's going to be. <laughs> Um, See? And in like three weeks, you'll have that completely planned. Well, this is the other thing. It's like, you know, like you can hear me not knowing quite what this is, this stuff is, but it doesn't mean that I'm not talking about it. It doesn't mean that I'm not, you know, actively trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is also, we've talked about before in season three, like this is partly how you start to promote things is you Mm -hmm. talk about the process of like creating it and why you're creating it and, and what it came out of, what are the problems it's solving, you know, that kind of thing. So, but yeah, you can hear it's very, you know, loose. It's, it'll be a thing of yeah, some it's, sort it's and variety. Yeah, it's at the idea <laughs> stage at this yeah. point. So, yeah. Um, okay. So let's take all this stuff we're doing and maintaining <laughs> slash launching slash revisioning. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that mean for you this year financially? Like what's, yeah. what's your revenue situation with your business given, you know, you're in flux a little bit? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, as with kind of 2018, 2019 is looking like a little bit of a kind of not, you know, an, an unsure year, just depending on how some of these um, personal hurdles shake out a little bit. Uh, and so that's kind of a, it's not a super comfortable place to be <laughs> in the sense that I can't like look at the year and be pretty confident that I will be able to hit a certain metric or a certain mark. Um, that said, I, uh, you know, I do want to be bringing in um, some revenue and and some more revenue uh, on the consulting side of things than I did this last year, which means, um, you know, being a little more active in, in seeking out some clients. Um, because those consulting gigs, you know, if you can, if you can make them work for you in the ways that are good, uh, those can really kind of pay off. Uh, and they're, they're bigger projects, but they are, um, you know, they usually come with a larger price tag, which uh, is helpful. So I would like to have a couple of, um, you know, either consistent uh, clients over the year or a couple bigger projects, some kind of one-off projects um, that would kind of bring in more on the consulting end of things. And um, where, you know, as I already alluded to, I want to be pivoting a little bit away from some of the speaking things. Um, I found this last year in 2018, that having the speaking gig commitment was uh, difficult because inevitably uh, some of the really hard stuff that I had to deal with this year happened like two days before I had to go give full day workshops and things. So timing was not great. And speaking gigs are a little harder to kind of uh, bow out of gracefully uh, if you need to. So um, again, just sort of in preparations for a little bit of ambiguity and uncertainty, um, I'm feeling the need to kind of step back on that a little bit, which means that I need to pick up um, some consulting stuff, which is a little more flexible, right? There are, there are obviously deadlines and things, but it's a little bit more, um, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily always have to be at a certain place at a certain time to do a very specific thing. So Mm -hmm. a little bit more flexibility in the year would be beneficial for me, I think. Um, And then for the honestly series um, I've talked about Patreon before on the, on the podcast here, but I've, I've pivoted my Patreon page um, instead of it going to support uh, just my YouTube channel. It's now supporting the series itself. And so it's an opportunity for people who are benefiting from the content and who find it interesting to uh, contribute to, to help me make that creative stuff work and, you know, pay the bills that are associated with, with all the kind of back end stuff, um, related to, to making that series. So, um, you know, I, I would like to see that continue to grow over 2019 as well and kind of build that community, um, of supporters and of, of sort of the online community around the series as well. So, um, I think there, you know, I don't have a specific revenue target at this point. Um, I'll be honest about that. And I don't have a particular idea of exactly how everything is going to break down. Um, but I do have sort of goals in my head of where I want to, like I said, where before, where I want to put my energy, um, that I do have. Mm-hmm. while also building in flexibility and understanding that who knows 
right? right? But I'd, I'd like to, I'd like it to be as good or a little bit better than 2018. Um, yeah. That's, that's kind of the base goal. So, so I'm curious when you talk about like shifting from more speaking to more of the consulting, are mm-hmm. you charging roughly the same amount for those packages? Or is it like, like you need to replace one speaking gig with two consulting gigs or, you know, like, uh, is there yeah. like general math you can do there? Uh, it depends a little bit on the, the scope of the project. Um, so it's a little hard, you know, if I had to break it down to an hourly rate, it's probably uh, comparable ish, but it's really with consulting. I do it more as, um, sort of based on the project that I'm being Mm -hmm. hired for. Um, unless it's more of a sort of retainer thing, which I haven't had a lot of, so I, I don't have as much experience with the retainer approach to things. Um, so I can't really speak to that, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a similar rate, but I would say it really depends on the project and what's being asked of me. Um, but it does break down, it it does break down to kind of, as I look at the project, how much time is this going to require? And also how much expertise am I bringing to this that other people can't bring Mm -hmm. that is, you know, worth charging for. So it's kind of a weird mental math. And I I think most people who do consulting would, would also say that like, it's a little, you kind of make it up as you go. Like some people have some very specific systems, but for a lot of us, it's, it's a little bit of, you know, trying to figure out what, what makes it worth it for me while also not breaking your client's bank. (laughs) So it's a, it's a little bit of a a back and forth on that sometimes too. So, um, yeah, I I don't have a great equation for that. I mean, that, that is useful. I think just if you can do it, I I realize you can't Mm -hmm. always, especially with consulting, but like I think about, for example, if I was going to scale back on my speaking, I would have to replace one speaking gig with four, six session coaching clients. Mm-hmm. You know, like that, you know, like just kind of doing that math in your head of like, mm-hmm. do you have the time, you know, because right. like, yeah, speaking gigs take a couple of days. I got to get mm-hmm. there. I got to do the thing. Depending on prep, I might have to prep, you know, new material. Right. Um, but is that roughly the equivalent of, mm-hmm. you know, however many hours, 24 hours that I'm spending mm-hmm. with these four different clients over six weeks um, or six sessions? So. Anyway, just for our listeners, I think that's kind of useful to think about if you are thinking about pivoting your business in one direction or another. If you have packages, I think it makes it a little bit easier to say, okay, if I'm going to have to pull back on one thing this year, this is what's going to have to fill in that gap Mm -hmm. through other stuff. Yeah. And I think for me, it's it's a little bit more of sort of nuanced calculus about like, okay, do I have any interest in... uh, you know, on the consulting side for people, what size is that project going to be? Okay, if I know that I've got a, you know, fifteen to twenty thousand dollar project coming in, that means I don't have to take as many speaking gigs, right? So it's right. a little bit of like math in the time too. So if I'm getting no bites on the consulting side, then yeah, I'm gonna have to pick up some speaking gigs to make up for that. But if I can put more eggs in the consulting basket, that means I have a little bit more wiggle room and a little bit more freedom to not do as many of the speaking gigs. So it's a little yeah, it's a little right. bit of like in the moment calculus. Too. Yeah, there's a lot of juggling. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so what about you, Katie? I'm curious what your revenue uh, situation looks like and and what you're hoping for for 2019. So I feel like I have to back us all up a little bit <laughs> to like give some context. <laughs> um, so I only started this business a couple of years ago. Um, before that, my best year was ten thousand. I had like four speaking gigs or something and it was, I was charging a relatively low rate. And, um, so when I launched this business, I was like, okay, maybe I'll set a revenue goal of like 25 K. Like, I think that was like my first year out, which was like Mm -hmm. technically last year. Um, and I mentioned on the show that I surpassed that significantly, um, whatever it was, I think I adjusted it halfway through the year to like be 50. And then I surpassed that. And I ended the year making, I think around 70 K, mm-hmm. um, which to be clear is not really 70 K because you've got taxes and business expenses. And just, I right. feel like it's like a, you know, public service announcement just to be like, mm-hmm. I'm not rolling in the dough just because <laughs> I right. brought in 70 K. Um, but it was definitely more than I had thought. And, um, we we ended up buying a new refrigerator. That was how we celebrated. Hey. <laughs> because that was also the year that I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to owe in taxes. Like I yep. had been doing, um, and I ha- wasn't making quarterly tax payments at that point because it was mm. the first year of my LLC. Now I make quarterly tax payments and I know, you know, like what, what we're paying. 
Um, but I, there was a lot of question marks and I was so cautious. I was like mm -hmm. overly cautious and we weren't paying ourselves a salary. My, my business and life partner and I, like we were just like putting all the money in the bank. <laughs> it was just yep. like, we didn't have to live on it. We just had no idea what was going on. So after that year and kind of the success of that year, which I honestly felt like I hadn't really, I don't want to say I wasn't working hard or trying hard, but I wasn't like actively setting that revenue goal and like working mm -hmm. toward it. You know, like I, mm -hmm. I was like, let's just see what can happen. See and then that, that's what yeah. happened. Um, so the, the year following, which is 2018, I was like, I'd like to set an active revenue goal of trying to hit a hundred K. Like if I can get to 68 or 70 or whatever it was, like, let's see if I can do this. Um, and as we record this, it's mid October and it looks like that's going to happen this year. Um, with what I have coming in. Yeah. So I would, I would of... blow a party popper if I had one, right, but I don't. Right. <laughs> and it's, Yay. it's honestly kind of shocking to me. Like it's, it's, it, you throw these numbers out there and like, who knows if you're going to hit, I mean, it's just like, <laughs> right. it's, it's such a, it's such yeah. a crapshoot. Like you just right. don't know. And like, it, it totally depends on like, what clients come in the door and what speaking engagements you get asked to do and and how certain product launches go and and at the time that I set that revenue goal I was not considering doing Sotal by design I mm -hmm. was not considering doing writing groups like none of this stuff was even on my radar and then it that's part of what helped me get to that mm -hmm. is I launched a couple new things this year so that said, um, I feel like that kind of lays the groundwork a little bit for like how I'm thinking about finances and revenue going into 2019, because I, like I said, I feel like I got my sea legs a little bit. Um, my partner and I did pay ourselves a monthly salary this entire year. Like we picked a number and that's, you know, like what we set aside. And as we had more financial windfalls throughout the year, we took small bonuses and things like that for, for things we're saving up for. Um, so my original 2019 goal before I was thinking about new launches and stuff like that was I would just like to do this again. Like, let's just see if it's right. like not a unicorn, you know, like yeah. whatever. Um, and, and, and just some kind of random occurrence, like, let's see if we can hit that goal again. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I was like, is that too low? Like, am I just kind mm -hmm. of like, not aiming big enough. And and a lot of things you'll hear on on the kind of online business thing is like take your number and multiply it by 5 and then think about how what it would take to get to that number. And I'm like, I'm running a side business people. What? Like I you know yeah. like I'm not going to have a half a minute. Well, maybe I would, but I'm just you know like that is not my concern. You know, like I don't need right. to be like having And also my my larger concern to be honest in the revenue is not growing to a point where a I can't do it myself. Yeah. Um I don't want to have to hire people. Like right. I, I really enjoy this work and that's why I do it. Right. <laughs> so I don't want to have to be like running a company where I have mm -hmm. other employees. Um, and right now, like co-owning this with my partner has worked really well. So um, I'm not sure, I guess, is what I'm saying. I, I think mm -hmm. my revenue goal for the year is definitely hitting that 100K mark again. Um, and again, to to be clear, it doesn't mean I'm taking that money home. <laughs> like a lot right. of it goes to taxes. A lot of it goes to like the systems that are running my business. Um, but that has also helped me to think about and streamline other revenue type goals for 2019. Mm -hmm. So one of them is I'd like to have my business expenses be 20% or less of that total mm -hmm. revenue, whatever it is I bring in. And that would mean that I can have a payout each month of roughly 30% of whatever mm -hmm. comes in as like a salary payout because I immediately chop 50% of everything that comes in the door and I put it in a taxes and a savings account mm -hmm. for the business. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that a lot of people would be like, that's way too much. I don't care. Like, that's what yeah. makes me feel comfortable. I'd like, rather that's, have that. yeah. yeah. And some people maybe would feel comfortable with even more than that. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. Like, but that's what's worked for, for us to, to do mm -hmm. that. And it means we always have plenty to pay our quarterly taxes. There's never surprises when our accountant yeah. comes to us and says, you owe XYZ, <laughs> like, we're fine. Um, so I think that that's kind of the big stuff in terms of my revenue financial is like, I'm not just setting a number goal of what I'm mm -hmm. looking for, but I'm also trying to better understand the ratios of what's mm -hmm. going where and what I can expect. And, and as I think we've talked about before, every month is highly variable. So yeah. I had my lowest month this year was a little over $1,300 mm -hmm. that I made. And that was in April of 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, in my highest month, I made over $20,000. I had right. two months where I made over $20,000 because I was launching different kinds of things. So it's so like, yeah, it's, it's so up and down. It's so just, up and down. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's unbelievable. But 
the the general idea though i think is that um i want to try to kind of keep that stable so that i can Mm -hmm. look at the numbers at the end of the year and know that kind of roughly i took this much in Mm -hmm. salary and this other chunk went to taxes this other chunk went to business expenses so i'm trying to streamline some of that um Mm -hmm. And I will mention just as a resource, um, something that really helped me, which is the book Profit First, which really mm. does help you to think about how do you do those ratios and how do you take salary? Like if you are mm-hmm. not actively taking salary from your business, which I was not. Yeah. And that is really actually what influenced me to do that mm-hmm. and to like every month at the end of the month, see like, could we take a salary draw? Yeah. Um, and so anyway, that's that's kind of where I'm at in terms of revenue and finance goals this year. Yeah. Well, and I, I appreciate that you mentioned uh, the book that's kind of helped you think through some of that. I'm curious, are there other, uh, for the year, are there other professional development or sort of continual learning kinds of things that you're hoping to do throughout the year? And, and do you have any either good resources for listeners or um, things that you're hoping to, to kind of dive into that you think will be helpful? I do. So th- when I was thinking about my, my goals and intentions for this year, I definitely had some things that I'm hoping will help to kind of get me into more of a just more educated <laughs> sort of things to be blunt. Um, so there's definitely some books. There's uh, I so I recently read Profit First, which was one of the ones that was on my list. Um, I'd really like to read also Book Yourself Solid, which is a, mm-hmm. a client based um, kind of marketing book. There are some um, coaching books that I've had on my list for a while that I, now that I'm like actively done with training, I'd like mm-hmm. to st- kind of keep my hand in that um, and keep reading. And then also some books on writing because I'm launching this new community and, and I'm hoping to do some some book groups and things like that with them. And then I've also been reading some books that are, there's a few different versions of them, but it's the, in the title is E-Myth, which you might think is like, like online or electronic, <laughs> but it's, it's meant to be like entrepreneurial myth. And mm. there's one called um, E-Myth Mastery. There's one called E-Myth Revisited. And it's actually been a really helpful way to think about the mindset of what it means to do entrepreneurial work. And it's kind of coming from the the authorship of like a more business type coach. So mm. that's been really interesting. So I'm doing, I'm doing some reading in that. Um, and then a couple other things I want to kind of think about doing this year, um, depending on what time I have available is I'm, I'd like to pitch myself as a guest to more podcasts. Like this is something because I podcast so much myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like there's, I just have a comfort level with it and I'd like to kind of get out there a little bit more. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's not something I've actively tried to do ever. Like I Mm -hmm. just, it's not something I've really cared all that much about. Um, but I listen to a lot of great podcasts on academics mm-hmm. and business and, you know, like, I think that could be kind of interesting. So I'm thinking about doing that. And then also, um, the last thing is I'd really like to reinvest a little bit more in some online business communities this year. Um, mm. I have a membership to co-commercial, which is a small business online community, and then also to wandering aimfully, which I've talked about previously on this show as by our future, which Mm -hmm. transitioned into Wandering Aimfully. So I can link to that information in the show notes. Um, But that is a community that I belong to as well. So I'd like to kind of be active in those communities a little bit more. I feel like uh, this past year, I was just kind of like trying to keep up (laughs) with my own stuff. (laughs) And I wasn't kind of doing that networking. um, And it's really valuable. So Mm -hmm. I've been kind of re-engaging in those communities and trying to connect with some other people and and learn, you know, from others' experiences. So that's what's on my list. I think you raise a really, a really um, interesting and important point about networking, um, because that's also something that kind of fell off for me this year in the midst of everything else, uh, was the sort of intentional reaching out to people and whether that was on Twitter or whether that was in some of these online communities that I operate in a little bit. Um, a lot of that fell away, which then means that, uh, you know, you're a little more isolated in some ways, but you're also uh, not kind of out there and in people's minds, you know, and all right. their, on their minds uh, as much. And so you know, that can be a really helpful tool, not only for learning yourself and getting to know people, but also um, people are more likely to share stuff if they know what you're up to and are interested in what you're doing and have talked to you and kind of have had that personal level experience on some level. So uh, it kind of helps you build a client base too, in a, in a sort of roundabout way sometimes, but in sometimes a very direct way, um, like you said, with, you know, jumping on some other podcasts and that sort of thing, getting people interested in what you're doing in audiences that you didn't have before. So yeah, I think that's a really valuable um, piece of advice. And I will also be taking that this year. <laughs> okay, anything else you're doing for your professional development? 
Um, I, I've got a couple of uh, a couple of books that are kind of on my list. I I have this propensity to um, when I'm feeling stressed out buy lots of books. Uh, <laughs> so I've got a bit of a stack growing right now, kind of a mix of things. Um, but one of the authors that I have recently kind of discovered, and I don't know how I didn't know about her before. I'm sure I you know I know I've seen her stuff before, but I'd never really picked up any of her her content but uh Brene Brown um and I read the first portion of one of her books and I was like oh 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 you you get it oh you get it you get it so good (laughs) so I I am excited to kind of dive into some of her stuff um but I've been finding that a lot of what I've been reading is memoirs actually Mm -hmm. which has been really interesting um and valuable from the creative standpoint, because I, I get sort of different tones of voice uh, and in, in writing and in sort of creative writing, but creative nonfiction writing, um, which is a lot of what I'm looking at doing in the, in the Honestly series. So it's been interesting to hear different storytellers tell their stories and, and tell about lives or their things that have happened, some of them with great humor. Um, Jenny Lawson is hilarious. If any of you have uh, stumbled on her stuff uh, or, or know her well, she's the blog S. Uh, so she has this humorous blog where she writes about all the crazy things that happen in her life. And she's delightful, but she also talks about things like mental illness. So, you know, she's really real about, about those sorts of things. Um, one of my favorite singer songwriters, Dessa, uh, she's a local Minneapolis uh, rapper actually and a, a you know poet and um, writer and she recently published her um, basically sort of memoir and reflections on on things in her life so far which was fabulous uh, you know there's just these voices especially strong women voices I've been finding really compelling lately um, and so I'm I'm doing a lot of reading in that area uh, so if listeners have any recommendations for people I should be reading, Maybe specifically ladies, but I would also, I, men are cool too. We love, we love men. They're great. They have, they have many important, <laughs> valuable contributions to make. Um, but if, yeah, if you have suggestions for things I should be reading, um, I'm all ears. I love, I love hearing uh, recommendations um, from others on, on what's striking you as interesting and new. So yeah, I'd be curious okay. to hear. Okay. So Sarah, I have one more question to wrap yeah. this up, which is, how are you kind of holding yourself accountable slash tracking any of the goals slash intentions you have this year, if at all? Like, is that part of your plan? Uh, I mean, in sort of a vague way. <laughs> Longtime listeners of the podcast will not be surprised to know that I do not have a very specific system for this. Um, I've been uh, lately I've been um, using sort of a, a, a must do list to on a daily level and sort of a week goal, like what does success look like for this week kind of list. Um, and that's been really helpful from a week to week basis. And then I've also had some other lists where I've been putting things that are a little bit more in the back burner or things that are, uh, you know, farther down, down the line. Um, and so I've been finding some list making has been helpful for kind of keeping track of those things. Um, as for accountability and sort of setting goals on those particular items, it's, that's a little, it's a little harder, um, given some of the up and down nature of things at the moment. Um, but it's a thing I struggle with because it's, you know, in the times where I do have space to do stuff, I want to do stuff. (laughs) I want to make sure I'm making progress on the things. So, um, you know, making those lists and kind of keeping those projects, um, in mind and, and being conscious of what the next thing to move each of those things forward, what, what those things are, um, Mm -hmm, is, mm -hmm. is valuable and helpful. How about you? Mm -hmm. Um, well, I definitely found kind of, I feel like I kind of stumbled upon some strategies last year that worked really well for the financial stuff, at least. So Mm -hmm. I did track on my whiteboard, it was not fancy, um, Mm -hmm. what my monthly income was. And that allowed me and and basically what I did, and I'm going to kind of look over at it and explain kind of how this worked is. So I had every month, what was the income and I had a Mm -hmm. revenue target for that month based on if I was going to hit 100k. Mm-hmm. which is roughly like $8,500 or something like that, 8300 you know, roughly. Um, and what I would do is mark down what I made, and then in mm-hmm. parentheses next to it, I would mark down whether it was below my mm-hmm. revenue target or above my revenue target so that I could kind of see throughout the, the year, how was I doing? Was I in the red? Was I in the black? Mm-hmm. And um, then I took, as each month went on, I added those things together. Mm-hmm. And so I had a total of my annual revenue, and then I also had how far in the red or the black was I based mm-hmm. on where I was near. Um, and like, spoiler alert, I wasn't in the black until September. Like mm-hmm. I, it took me, you know, almost the entire year to get to a place where I was like actually hitting 
the revenue that I was thinking I was going to hit. But then below that, for each new month, like as as a new month would come, I would write down what I thought the revenue was going to be, like for certain mm-hmm. things, like if I knew I had a new coaching client coming on or um, like a speaking engagement or something like that, like something that was scheduled that like I mm-hmm. knew revenue was going to come, I would put that kind of down below. And then as new revenue for a month came in, I would like so I could kind of break out where the revenue was coming from every mm-hmm. month, like, and, mm-hmm. and kind of categorize it a little bit more. And then I also, if this doesn't sound like ridiculous <laughs> enough, um, I had like a quarterly section of my whiteboard where I then took each quarter and I blocked out what was the income for that quarter and how close or far away was it from what it was mm-hmm. supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And this was actually super effective for me. Like this was oh, like, nice. it was very useful to be mm-hmm. able to say like, okay, what is like the the like trends that happen mm-hmm. throughout the year? What are the months that are particularly low? What are the months that are particularly high? You know, like, so I could start to kind of identify that. And if I wanted to dig into the reporting of FreshBooks, I could do it, you know, like mm-hmm. it's not like I don't have it in an electronic format as well. But this was just actually just a really useful thing to be mm-hmm. able to have it on this whiteboard. I saw it all the time when I was signing on a new client, like I was literally writing in, you know, and calculating, you know, what that was. Um, and it it was motivational mm-hmm. to have that there. So that was definitely mm-hmm. something that I thought was useful. Nice. And then I have kind of a rough tracking of it on my phone as well so that mm-hmm. I can just kind of have it, you know, with me. But making it intentional was really useful. Um, And then the other thing I think that has helped me to kind of break it down is, especially for this year, I decided to break it down by quarter of what does it actually mean to make the amount of money I want to make in that quarter. So Mm -hmm. I'm not just throwing out there, I want to make this amount. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, if I want to make that amount, that is one website client, two speaking clients, five or more writing group members, Mm -hmm. six or more coaching clients with this particular Mm -hmm. package, um, a certain amount in course and webinar sales. And like once I add all those up, it makes that number. So the other thing it allows me to do is to track on a quarterly basis. Have I gotten my website client yet? Am Mm -hmm. I below where I wanted to be with my coaching clients? Like, you know, that kind of thing. Or have I like gone overboard with coaching clients this quarter and so I can step back and I don't need to find a website client or whatever, you know, like Mm -hmm. that's also been really useful because I think sometimes we like throw these numbers out there without an understanding of like how they're actually (laughs) going to happen. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. like, like, and and also this allows me to look at these numbers and go, is that reasonable Mm -hmm. for a side business to Mm -hmm. have, you know, this amount of work? And so, for example, with the speaking clients, I looked back over my last year and I was like, how much speaking did I actually do? Because if I'm going to try to do eight clients a year, you know, like, is mm-hmm. that reasonable with all the other travel I do and whatever? And I looked back over the last year and I had seven speaking clients. Mm-hmm. So I was like, OK, you know, like that that seemed like yep. it was reasonable. And, and some of them happen in the same city, you know, which is useful. And so anyway, I just I think that those two things tracking income on a monthly basis, however you decide to do it, probably more electronically savvy than I have done it on my whiteboard. Um, But also really breaking down that revenue goal has been helpful because then I can really look at my whiteboard and be like, okay, what's what's missing here? What's not working? Mm -hmm. Are there certain aspects of the business that are not thriving Mm -hmm. in the way that I want them to? And why? You know, like, what is it? You know, like, do I need to tweak my website? Do I need to reach out and like cold email a couple, you know, possible clients, whatever? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of what I've been thinking about doing this year. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I like it. Okay. Like so 2019 goals and intentions. Um, now it's like recorded forever and we have to come back at the end of the year <laughs> and talk about how this went. So um, didn't we do this for, did we do something similar for 2018? We probably did. And, and I think. And then I think we said the same thing. They're and, like, and, oh, we'll have yeah. to go back and tell people how it went. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, we uh, move beyond that, obviously. Uh, well, and, and and actually, that that's not a bad idea to revisit that because yeah, it yeah. was almost an entire year ago when we launched this show. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think things have really changed. Like, I mean, if our listeners want to go back and listen to that episode and then hear where we are now, yeah, we're in pretty significantly different places than when really we started the show. And it hasn't yeah. been that long no. that we've been recording these episodes. So businesses, a lot can happen in a year. <laughs> yeah, businesses can shift and change really significantly. So... 
Okay, well, Sarah, I'm excited to launch this new season with you. Yay! And um, for our listeners, uh, look out for some some new episodes about what it means to work on your own terms, um, mm-hmm. dealing with fear, doubt, questioning of the kinds mm-hmm. of things you're doing. Um, what? How we do don't you... have doubts. We don't doubt anything. I know. We're full of <laughs> radical self-trust. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All the time. All the time. Um, the idea of maybe sunsetting and letting things go. Like, how do you shift, pivot? As you heard, we're going to both be kind of working on that this year. So we're very excited for this new season to Make Your Way. And um, thanks so much for joining us for this first episode. And Sarah, always good to talk with you. Uh, Agreed. It's always delightful. All right. Talk to you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Make Your Way. Show notes and a transcript for this episode can be found at katielinder.work slash podcasts. Make Your Way is part of the Radical Self-Trust podcast channel, a collection of content dedicated to helping you seek self-knowledge, nurture your superpowers, playfully experiment, live your core values with intention, practice loving kindness toward yourself and others, and settle into your life's purpose. Learn more about the RST channel at katielinder.work slash podcasts. If you found this episode helpful, please also consider rating and or reviewing the show in iTunes. Thanks for listening.